Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Show. This is Angela Thomas, and I'm here with Ron Phillips. Say, hey, Ron. And Sean and, McCloskey, we're back. Yep, we got Sean McCloskey with us. If you want to learn more about Sean McCloskey's story and you know what he's doing here, go back and listen to the previous episode, because we're just going to hop right into it today. <sighs> yeah, we've got a lot to cover, and um, we don't have a lot of time. Sean, usually we do this. Uh, usually do this over two days, right, man? Two, three? How many days is it? Yeah, three days, or with some. Three days. With an individual, <laughs> I have to sit down with them for a whole day, one on one, to extract it. So I'm gonna try to get as much out as I can here. <laughs> All right, Sean, you got 30 minutes to give us three days worth. Ready? Go. <laughs> and go. <laughs> and go. <laughs> so I think everybody right now, Sean, correct me if you if I'm wrong, but you should you should. Uh, other than you should put your phone on like do not disturb so that you can listen to the podcast and not be disturbed. But this is a, this is a working session, right? This isn't just a listening session. This is a working session. They should have somewhere to take notes. Um, you better well, not be taking notes on your iPhone while you drive or I mean, turn it off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how no you one would do that. No. no, you'll have to listen to it later. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to to it later. But Sean, what else do they need? I mean, what else should people have in front so of it? Just, just a little open mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to do a couple of things that for some people it's going to be really easy. For some people it's going to be outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Just uh, trust the process. I've done this now with thousands of people. The results speak for themselves. And uh, it, it's such a simple process, but almost no one ever does this. Cool. Awesome. Let, we're let's, excited. Let's do it. And what we're going to do, Sean's going to be talking quite a bit in this episode. We're going to interrupt where we have questions and think that people might need some extra um, information um, because he's going to be going really, really fast. Um, but um, Sean, kind of take us through this process like, like you, you did with me during the, the day that I came and spent and then many, many days uh, <laughs> after that to, to, uh, to get it all dialed in. Um, go, go ahead. You got yeah, not very much time to do it. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So to recap, we were talking about the importance of vision, both in a personal perspective and from a business perspective in the last podcast. And so today I'm going to show you how to, how to pull some of that stuff out of your head, get it in writing so that you can actually start to live some of it instead of just having pipe dreams, right? And so, um, and we also talked about the importance of having personal vision first and we lightly mention this, but the reason that that's so important is because how in the world are you supposed to build a business that serves you if you have no clue what you looks like once the business is serving you, right? And so I know that sounds cheesy and corny, but this is really, really important. Nobody does it. And this is why people's businesses tend to take over their lives because they don't know what they want their life to look like, okay? So we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to start with this process of figuring out what that all looks like in advance. So here's how you do it. Um, first of all, um, let me tell you how we do this in business, and then I'll show you how this applies to personal life as well. So Ron and I actually had the privilege of uh, going through a process like this with a guy named Larry Goins. I mentioned him in the last podcast. Oh, yeah. Larry's a national speaker, author, coach. He's really, really good at what he does. And he was going through a little challenge last year where, you know, he had too many businesses going on at once. Um, all of them were doing pretty well, but when you have that many businesses and that much staff and that much overhead and all the things that come along with having like 15 businesses or however many he had at the time, uh, it's a little overwhelming, right? And so 
the first thing we try to do, Ron and I actually spent a day with him along with uh, one other guy named Joe McCall. And then um, some of you might know him. And then Larry had his like right hand person there for his entire business. Her name is Candace. And we had this really great day together. But initially when we went in, we were trying to figure out where do I cut stuff out? Like, how do we figure out what Larry needs to cut out of his business right now in order to really get some main focuses? Like, there's no way that you, if you're running all 15 businesses, there's no way you can be running all of them at maximum capacity. Right. Um, and so how can you narrow this down to like two or three businesses maybe? But the problem is every time we started with this approach, we get some pushback from Larry because he's like, well, no, 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 that business though, but I like that. And that also feeds this business and all this over here. And it hit me while we were there that we're trying to come up with a new business vision with Larry. And we're trying to base that off of his current reality. Yep. Right. And we can't do that. We have to do what I call suspending reality for a little while. And that means dreaming with zero filters. And so we tried this a little bit. Larry couldn't do it because he's just got, he's so wrapped up in his own 15 businesses. And man, if I change this, that's going to affect this staff member. And I really care about them a lot. I don't want that to affect them. And so he's having a hard time making any actual real decisions. So finally we said, look, let's just start from scratch. Okay. I want you to do a process. I call it burning it down. <laughs> it sounds harsh, but it's like, if you were to burn down, if everything in your life and business burned down and you had to start all over and the only thing you had was this, what would you, and let's say that anything. Yeah, your brain. Yeah. <laughs> let's say that, uh, yeah, thank you for pointing out. Yeah, in case people are just listening, his brain. Yeah, I wasn't pointing to my breasts. You should have pointed to <laughs> my brain, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, man. (laughs) So if the only thing you had left was your brain, and let's just assume for a second that you weren't in a financial crisis, that your, your needs were taken care of and you you weren't freaking out. Because when I, when I don't include that caveat, some people go, Oh man, if I didn't have anything left, I would have to immediately go out and build this type of business to make money. I go, no, no, no. Let's just pretend finances are taken care of for a little bit. Like, what would you do? And this is interesting because Larry sort of paused for a second. He was like, wow, that's hard for me to imagine. Yeah, his whole demeanor changed. Shoulders kind of of went down. He was just like, oh, this is like a whole new thing for him, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so, but then he started saying, man, if I, well, let's see, if I had to do it all over again, what would I do? And he threw out three things. It was three, not 15, it was three. And he said, man, if I could do it all over again, I would, I would do deals. I love doing. I love negotiating. I love doing deals. That's just been my passion forever. He said I would. Uh, I would help other people do that. But he goes, you know, when I say I would help other people, I wouldn't be. At the time, he was traveling fifty weeks a year, speaking all over the country. Holy crap! So I said, what if that could? What if helping people could look any way you wanted it to look? And he goes, well, I would have them come to me. Now, here's what happened when he said that, though. A filter showed up. I call it a filter. And the filter was, well, that's never going to work. They're not going to, they're not going to all want to come where I live here in South Carolina to, you know, if they're from California, I got to go to California. Otherwise they're not. And I go, hold on, dude, this is a filter. I said, I want you to dream with no filters. I want you to pretend like anything that you write down is going to happen. And and let's just, you know, get it out of your head. Matter of fact, he couldn't even write this down. I had to write it for him. (laughs) Right. So, so he says, well, okay, if that's the case, then I would have them come to me. And I said, okay, how often would you like to teach people like this? And I should mention at the time, 
Ron, maybe you'll help me remember. He was either doing six or eight four-day boot camps a year, and these six or eight were all over the country. And so not only was he speaking at all these places to promote all over the country, he would then go to their neck of the woods to deliver another four-day event. He would bring all his yep. staff and all this overhead with this, and he'd be gone from his family for four or five days, all this stuff. And I said, would you continue doing that? And he goes, no. He goes, I would teach one event per quarter, and it would be here in my office, and everybody would come to me. I said, okay, I wrote that down. Now, his brain, his filter started going, well, that's impossible. It's never going to happen. And I said, okay, thank you, filter. Sit <laughs> to the side for a second. We'll, we'll need you in a minute, but not yet. And, uh, and we wrote all this stuff down. And, and next thing you know, we have this whole business vision. So you got to do this with business, but before you do this with business, you got to do this with personal. And when we did this with Larry, I actually did this process personally with Larry maybe a year or so earlier, and there were things that he had written in his personal vision, like, um, I love to spend a lot of time with my family, with my kids. I love to ride my Harley Davidson, you know, all these things, but that without the plan was just a pipe dream. So we do have to dream, but then we also have to come up with a plan also, which we'll, if we have time, we'll talk about today too. But when we were doing this business part of the vision, we all realized Larry was getting ready to sell his Harley because he hadn't even ridden it in a year. Right. And it's like, well, that's the sin, by the way. <laughs> Definitely. We had, to, we had to have him repent while we were there. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Because that's a sin. Having a Harley and not riding it is a sin. And then having one and selling it because you don't have enough time to ride it is a double sin. I don't know what you call that, but that's a, <laughs> it's at least a two times sin. Instant go to hell pass, right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Great. so. Do not pass Everybody go. Knows there's Harleys yeah. in heaven. And I don't know what's in hell, but you know. <laughs> but it's not, not Harleys. Harleys. No. Not, not Harleys. Harleys. No. So, <laughs> the point of this is, is so now here, you know, Ron on the last podcast mentioned having other people who care enough about you to be able to hold up your vision in your face when it's necessary. And that's what we all did in a loving way then, you know, in a teasing, sometimes harsh way also, but you know, it was out of love, but we would say, Hey man, does your current business, the way it's structured with 15 businesses, does that allow you to ride your Harley or not? And it's like, no. All right. Well then we need to be willing to remove the filters long enough to dream of something new and make some changes. Otherwise you're going to have to just get rid of that part of your vision. Is that what you want? Now, by the way, he was getting ready to sell it because he no longer saw that part of his vision as being realistic. That's crap. Not that's because crazy. not because he didn't want it. No, no. And he wasn't. Yeah. Right? And it's really important people can, can tell the difference, right? And this is the biggest piece right here um, that, that is so hard for everybody is this filter. So Sean spent um, a bunch of time telling you about this filter. Sean, real quick, how do you, how do you stop when you're doing this process, yeah. especially if people are all doing it by themselves, right? So in a second, they're going to push pause and they're going to start doing this on their own. How do they know when there's a filter? How, do, how, do, how, how can they tell? Because, I mean, he didn't know. We had to, I mean, how many times did you tell him filter, 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 filter? I love it. You're right. And I can spot it a mile away now. When I first started doing this, it was harder for me to spot. But, which, by the way, it's always easier to spot other people's filters than it is yeah. to spot your own, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see other people. Let me give you an example real quick of what I mean, then I'll tell you how to do it. So um, uh, this is the easiest thing I can think of to help you create a vision. So here's what I want you guys to do. I know this is really corny and cheesy for a second, but close your eyes for a second. And I want you to envision 
Both of you guys, for real, actually close your eyes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm included. All right, we got them closed. If you're driving your car, maybe pull over or don't wait. close your eyes. <laughs> or, or even if you're driving, you know, you can do this with your eyes open. It's just easier with your eyes closed. So think of right now. I want you to think of the ultimate, ultimate dream home, and I want you to pretend like whatever you dream up, somebody's going to gift it to you and gift to you all of the expenses to take care of it for the rest of your life. So there's no filters. There's no, you can dream. Anything you dream is going to happen. And I want you to picture what that home looks like. How many bedrooms is it? How many baths? Is it a big home or is it a small home? Is it in the middle of the woods or is it in the city or is it on a beach? Is it siding or brick? Is it, is the garage attached or detached? Is it a barn style house or a contemporary style, right? And so hopefully by now, now open your eyes real quick. Hopefully by now, Angela, did you get a, an idea of what a dream house would be? Oh man, I got the coolest house, yeah. <laughs> Up in Malibu, looking over the ocean, yeah, I mean. Really, what else, describe what, what yeah. else? Malibu over the ocean, what else? Over the ocean, it's got like the stairs, you know, going up both directions when you walk in and the little circular driveway and palm trees and big trees all around it. Looking over the ocean, nobody around me, you know. <laughs> so it's. Awesome. It's going to cost a pretty penny, but since it's gifted to me, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Okay, now if you hear <laughs> what she just said, she was willing to dream for a minute. She, had, she really did a great job of removing all the filters, right? And she removed all the filters because we're, we're in a fantasy land here, and I just said, played make-believe, like, you're going to be able to afford this because I'm going to gift it to you, right? Hell yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'll notice, she did throw in a little filter there at the end. She said, well, I figured I could do that because, you know uh, – Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. You're right. Slight, slight little filter. And I listened for those things. But you guys all, if you just did this exercise, you, you started the process of creating a vision. And now you did it for one aspect for the home that you'd like to live in. But most people don't even go this far. Uh, and by the way, most people, even if they do go this far, they certainly don't write it down. And therefore, it makes it, I don't know what the percentage is, but it makes it 100 times harder for it to become reality when it's not in writing. <clears throat> It's not, listen, I did this exercise with my home 12 years ago. I wrote down the exact dream home of mine that I always wanted in my whole life. I even wrote down the street that I would want it to be on, the area. Nice. And I never, ever thought when I wrote this down that it would be possible. Today, I live in the exact house that I custom designed, had custom built on the street that I picked 12 years ago. And it's because I wrote it down and got it out of my head. I never in a million years thought that I would be able to live in this house. Never did I think I'd be able to. I've done the same thing with many of the things that I own now. It starts with the vision. So you guys just got a little process of that. Now, let me tell you how this works because I just helped you do it, but you need to be able to do this on your own after we leave the podcast. So here's how this works. Um, basically, Disney runs their entire organization by running people through three departments. You only work in one of three of these departments is how it works. And what I mean by that is um, Disney has the, the first department is called the Imagineering department, right? So if you are an Imagineer working in the Imagineering department, your only job, this sounds crazy, but your only job is to be creative. You think of cool stuff, that's it. You think of it. You don't put it into play. You don't design how it's going to work. You just think of cool stuff, cool ideas for costumes, um, cool ideas for plots for movies, cool ideas for things that they could do in the theme park. You just think of cool stuff, right? So Man, so that's my dream job right there. <laughs> All my list of ideas, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Right? So if yeah. you're an engineer, you think of the stuff. Now, the second department is called the engineering department. And the engineering department takes the Imagineers 
ideas. And the engineers look at it and they go, well, you know, it's great, Imagineer Angela, that you said <laughs> that we should have a ride go through the theme park that flies through the air with no suspension, you know, nothing with it just hanging. But is that physically possible to do? And uh, That's your job, engineer, man. I, I mean, it's a cool idea, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, Angela, which of these, so you already relate more to the Imagineer than you do the engineer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. So now the third department is, the implementation department. They actually call it something different, but I call it the implementation department. So the implementation department takes the idea that has now been designed and they put it to work. So these are the people that work in the park. They're on the rides. They're the ones, you know, putting the movie stuff together. Uh, they're maybe the marketing department that, and, and maybe the marketing department has their own three individual pieces of this too. Yeah. If that makes sense. They probably do. Yeah. Uh, but cool. they're the implementers, right? And so, Here's what I always tell people when you're creating vision, whether it's personal or business, you have to become an Imagineer just for a little while. And some of you relate more to an Imagineer. Some of you relate more to an engineer. Some of you are more just, man, just show me the path and I'll do it. Give me the recipe. You know, I'm not the creative person. I'm not even the person that can design it all, but I can take somebody else's design and implement the crap out of it, right? We and love so those people. Those people right? are awesome. And, and by the way, Imagineers have to have those people, or guess what they do? <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing ever. They, ima <laughs> they imagine their way into being broke. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I want you to imagine this for a second. So uh, um, I should mention, Disney does not let them in the same room at the same time when they're working. Crazy. Huh. Why not? Because what would happen if the Imagineers were, let's say there was a group of Imagineers in a room, 10 people in a room, and they're thinking of cool rides they can do at the theme park. What would happen if the engineers were in the same room while the Imagineers were throwing out their ideas and everybody was encouraged to talk openly? What do you think would happen? What do you think, Angela? What do you think would happen? Um, I know what would happen because Ron and I are in meetings all the time with people that are engineers and they squash our ideas instantly and say, that's crap. That's never going to happen. It's not possible. And right? Why would they, they poo-poo all over your ideas? Like <laughs> because they're horrible people. No, it's because they're they, horrible people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're horrible human beings. They are horrible. No, they're, they're logical and, and we're not logical and they're, they're too logical to be able to see the Imagineering side of it. They're, they just see black and white. This is how it is. This is how it works. And they, uh, they just don't see it as possible. You know? so what happens if you guys are in that meeting and an hour has gone by and you as an Imagineer have brought up 15 different ideas and all of them have been poo-pooed on by the <clears throat> engineering department? What will happen to your creativity if this happens long enough over and over to you? It's uh, over. We, yeah. I mean, apparently Ron got his feelings hurt for sure already. Shut up. <laughs> you all shut up. My ideas are great. God. That's, that's um, actually more accurate. I would tell them to shut up and I would probably leave, but, but then but I would yeah. them stay there and, and try to, if you're forced to stay there, like any of my brilliant ideas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that kills creativity because hearing over and over again that you're, what you imagine isn't possible, you know, it starts to wear on you after a while. Hmm. Yes, it does. And so what, what happens is one of two things either happen. Either you've got somebody with a, a rather large, intense personality like Ron's. <laughs> Screw you people. I'm out of here. I'll go find new people uh, who believe everything I tell them that should be a good idea. Or what happens more often than not is you get shut down. 
And it, by the way, if that happened enough with Ron and enough people were crapping on his ideas, even he would get shut down. Eventually, you know, yeah. Yeah, you just can't yeah. take it eventually. You go, all right, this, I'm not even going to dream anymore because none of it's going to work, right? And so, and unfortunately in America, that happens to a lot of people. It happens to a lot of people, huge segment of the population. No, this is actually hitting me close to home because uh, I'm surrounded by a lot of logical people and sharing my ideas is really scary because people poo-poo on them a lot. And it does start to make you think, well, that's stupid. Maybe that's not possible. So apparently, I, I, you just made me realize I need to get more imagineering friends besides Ron. He's a great one, but <laughs> I need a couple more around me, man. And by the way, I mean, is the engineering department for you guys, is that important? Sure. Yes. Sure. Because yeah. otherwise yeah. we'd have people flying through the theme park with no strings attached and they would probably get hurt really bad. Yeah, because one of Ron's brilliant ideas would probably lead us down a path we don't want to go down. Mine, my, I don't know. So, oh, yeah, they're very important. Of course, Ron's wouldn't, just mine. Yeah. <laughs> not only would the ideas maybe hurt someone eventually, they would probably never come to fruition. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Here's, here's why this is important. So, so there's some... It's easy for you guys, your Imagineers. I tend to be more of an Imagineer as well. So it's easy to have a conversation like this with you guys. But when it comes to like engineers and I have this conversation with them and I say, you know, in your own business, you need to be an Imagineer for just a little bit. They go, you know, does not compute, does not compute. They don't know how to do that, right? And so they're like, no, 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 just let me just figure out the, how to make the plan happen. Or the, the, uh, the action takers in group number three, they go, look, I don't, uh, don't bother me with that stuff. Just give me, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it, right? And so yeah. all three of these roles are equally as important. One isn't better than the next. And so no. wherever you are, everybody listening to this relates to one of these categories. And so, but here's the thing, with creating vision, it's got to start as an Imagineer. And so for some of you, for, for Angela, this actually will probably be pretty easy for you. Um, Ron, the reason it wasn't easy for you when we went through this process together is because you hadn't allowed yourself to be an Imagineer without any limits for so long. Not a person. Yeah, outside, outside of business, I, I hadn't. I hadn't well, well, actually, I mean, maybe the engineers did get to a little bit more than you thought. Probably. Probably. Uh, that's that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this happens to, and so here, here's the thing, especially for entrepreneurs or business owners, not everybody has to do this for their life if you want a life, but if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, there are times where it's appropriate to be each one of these things, especially I'm a small business right now. I only, it's just me and I have two part-time staff members that work for me and that's it. I've got some other uh, individuals that do things from time to time, but I'm a small company. And so I don't have a full-time engineer in place to go design all my ideas and uh, somebody to execute every single one of them. And so there are times when I need to flip-flop between these roles. But when you're designing your vision, you need to be the Imagineer just for a little while. You can go back to being an engineer in an hour, but for maybe 10 minutes or 30 minutes or how long or however long you're going to commit to writing down some of the stuff and getting out of your head, just be an Imagineer for a little bit. And what that means is that you start to dream without the engineering department in the same room. So I want you to, like, you almost have to, like, divide your brain up into three categories. And you say, okay, this part needs to respond right now. Just the Imagineers. I appreciate you, Engineers, but you just stay dormant for a little while. Um, the guy who shared this with me when I first heard this, he said, I literally, when I become an Imagineer, he said, that's not in my nature to do. So I literally go to a new restaurant either that I haven't been to or it's the same restaurant that I went to the last time I was an Imagineer. And he goes, I, I have to physically wear a different hat 
<laughs> he says, I know this sounds stupid, but I wear a different hat. I become somebody different just for an hour. And he goes, and I dream. And I dream without filters. By the way, filters are the engineers. So you have to quiet that engineer part of your brain just for long enough to dream a little bit. And Angela, you just did that really well with uh, describing the house you want. You said, man, it'd be Malibu. Like I even picture the staircase going up, you know, and you dreamt without filters for a second. But here's what we do in real life. We say, well, this happened to me at an event one time. I had a guy say, uh, he goes, uh, I I said, tell me about your ideal marriage. Are you married right now? And he goes, yes. And uh, I said, tell me about your vision of an ideal marriage. And he goes, oh. and I go, oh. oh, man, you're married right now. And he goes, yeah. And I said, so why isn't that going to happen? And he goes, you don't know who I'm married to. Oh, man. Oh. And this was right in the room. I was like, oh, wow. And this, I can just look, like, I think people maybe are picturing this wrong. Like Sean's talking to him one-on-one, like up and everybody can't hear. Let me paint the picture for you. This dude raised his hand in a group of human beings and he said this out loud and Sean is about ready in public to help him understand. Okay, now go, Sean. <laughs> this was at the event you were at. In, in yes, it was. Thank you very this much. This was I not a one-on-one. Okay, I got no, it. <laughs> this was not one-on-one. This was like one to, to 60 and everybody in the room heard him say this. Go, go Sean. That room fit 105 people and it was sold out. So there was 105 in the room. Whoa. And and, uh, he says, well, you know, my wife is just, I mean, I think he even at one point called her a bitch. Excuse me, but he did. It was very uncomfortable in the room. And I said, okay, hold on a second. So you're telling me that you having a good marriage is not possible because why? And he goes, well, because of my situation right now. And I said, okay, thank you, engineer. Put the engineer aside for just a second. You're filtering what you want in a marriage because of what you think you already have and you think it's not possible to change. I need you to get out of that for just a minute and paint the picture of what you would want. And Ron, if you remember, I had to go back and forth with him a little bit, but I said, no, I said, forget about your wife for a second. Remember, remember the, the process of, this sounds morbid, but remember how I told Larry Goins, burn it down? I no, said, burn her down. Not burn her down. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. <laughs> but oh. I said, you, you might have to put her to the side for just a minute and say, okay, we're not talking about her. We're just talking about the ideal relationship. What would that look like? And he goes, okay. He goes, well, my ideal relationship, he goes, you know, and he started telling me everything he doesn't want, which is fine. Um, again, some more filters, but I can see through those now. He said, well, I don't want somebody who nags at me every time I want to go fishing. And I was like, okay, now I know what his wife does that he can't stand. So I wrote down, when he told me what he didn't want, I started to go over to the board and I wrote down the opposite of what he said. There you go. So, and that is what he wants. So, so what he wants is not somebody who doesn't nag. What he wants is somebody who is uh, maybe independent enough to let him do his thing and he gets to be independent and so does she does at times, right? Yeah, supportive of his hobbies, you know, has her own, right? Exactly right. And I said, what else would you want? And he goes, well, I don't want somebody who yells at me all the time. And I go, okay, what's the opposite of that that you do want? And he goes, I want peace in my, in my marriage. I said, okay, great. So you want a peaceful marriage. Great. What else do you want? And he started naming off all these things. Now, we're not going to get into this today, but as he started to come up with these items of the vision, I said, let me ask you a question. What type of man 
would attract this type of woman on the board right now? And we need to identify, is that you? Would you even attract that woman? He got a very harsh lesson real quick. No wonder he has the marriage that he has. Uh, he doesn't treat his wife with respect. He doesn't, he doesn't love her the way that she needs to be loved. He doesn't spend time with her. So when he wants to go fishing, she's clinging for attention. All these things that he's not becoming. And so clearly he's never going to, that's like me saying, I want a business that uh, makes $10 million a year, but I'm not willing to do any work at all. I'm not willing to leave my home, my basement. I'm never going to get off the couch and I want to watch TV 24 hours a day. You know, there's things you have to do to have a relationship like that, right? And so that's some steps later on down the road. But the point of this is he had to dream for a little bit without filter. And he was filtering all of his imaginary process with his current wife. And you can't do that here. You got to just, again, morbid, burn it down or start over from scratch, you know. Burn her down. <laughs> burn her down. Burn her down. <laughs> okay, so. Scratch. Yeah. Okay, so Sean, we're, we're starting from scratch. We're not going to filter. We're imagineering department. What are we imagineering? Like, what, what, are, the, what are the pieces to this deal? So now I'm in the, uh, I'm in the imagineering department, but for a second, I'm going to go to the implementing department. I'm going to say, how do I implement the, engineer, the imagineering piece here? Um, what am I doing? What? Okay. So this is typical of what uh, high-level entrepreneurs want to do. I'm not surprised you asked this question. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody out there, because I know you wanted to ask him. So go I ahead. know. Come on. Let's get it, Sean. Let's go. Ron wants to go from, okay, I got an idea. Why isn't it finished yet? I just had the idea three and a half seconds ago. It should be done. <laughs> and that's not how this works. The, the imagineering part of this process is mostly, I mean, this, I usually spend like a day and a half on just this part. So um, we're not going to be able to cover every piece of how to implement. But here, here's what I will tell you. Um, uh, there's four steps to all of this uh, that I started to realize last year, actually after my meeting with Larry Goins and you, Ron, which I thought was really cool. So step one is to dream without filters, right? Um, step three is to take a hard look and say, where am I at now? Which is what I just did with the guy talking about his marriage. Where am I at now compared to this picture that I have created? How far away am I? And then step four of this is bridging the gap. So now you have to actually physically come up with a plan. And you'll notice that we haven't talked about step two yet and all these things, uh, which by the way, step two is know thyself, know where you fit in this picture. Really getting to know who you are. There's a lot of tools you can do uh, to get to know who you are and where you fit into this picture. But um, I know I'm skipping around the board a little bit here, but you know, first step for, let me just roll through this real quick. Step number one is dream without filters. It's burning it down. It's dreaming, no filters at all, becoming an imaginary for a while. Step two is knowing thyself. Know yourself well enough to know, are you capable of pulling off all of this stuff on your own? Do you need to get help? What areas uh, of these fit your strengths versus you just think it's a great money-making idea, right? So knowing thyself well enough to know where you fit in the equation. And then step three is defining, where am I at right now? So we had to take a look at Larry and we had to say, okay, Larry would love to have three businesses, but he's got 15 businesses. That's not where he's at. So does something need to be changed? Of course, lots of things need to be changed. And step four is now bridging the gap. How do I get from this, where I am right now, 15 businesses to this picture that I painted of only three businesses, and you gotta come up with a plan. And all these are important. We're not gonna be able to get to all of them today, but does that kind of make sense what the process sort of looks like overall? Yeah. It does, and I think, so there's something really important for people. I, I think, I mean, we, we covered how the Imagineering thing works really, really well. 
I think most people can, can probably start to do that. And then when you share, I think if, if you share this episode with someone you care about, spouse, someone else you care about, who can go through and understand what the imaginary process is, and then read the results of your imagineering process and go, filter, 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 right? Redo this with no filters. It's, it probably is gonna take someone else to do that. I, I went through and did this with my company. It's funny because I, I had them send me what their life vision was. And, um, and one of my salespeople who is, is a little more of an engineer than an imagineer. She a little, just her, a little. Just a little. She sent me hers and I, I called her up and I'm like, this is like, the whole thing has been filtered through business. The whole thing. Yeah. Right. Start over again. Um, it's going it, to, it probably, I don't know, Sean, in your experience, it was probably going to take somebody to just say, somebody needs to listen to the episode just like you did and then read it and go, sounds like you filtered all this. Yep. Is, is that really well, and here's another thing too. Sometimes even somebody who is naturally an Imagineer is so caught up in their own. Right here. Yeah. Right here. Me, I'm going to paint this picture of what we did. Cause Ron came out and spent a day with me at my house about a year or so ago. And we went through this process again, this time we did it from a business perspective. And so, you know, when I was asking Ron about this, he's like, man, I kind of know how to do this now, but I can't seem to, I, I can't seem to like get this right. I can't get it out of my head. I don't know what my vision is for my business. And, and I said, okay, well, let me, let me just ask you a bunch of questions. And so all I did that day for like, I don't remember, three hours or something crazy, I just asked him questions and every response he gave me, I, I typed it out on my computer while he was responding. And so he was open to just freely express where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to impact lives. And the questions that I was asking him were things like, you know, if your business could serve anybody, who would it serve? And he would tell me, and I'd say, okay, and how would it serve them? And, I, and, and he would tell me, and I would say, okay, if, if you could choose any role in that activity of what uh, that business would look like, what would that look like? Oh, man, I would do this, and I would do this. And I was just asking him open and completely open-ended questions. These, and when I say open-ended, I don't mean questions like, you know, Ron, what's your favorite color? Right? There's one answer to that. These are open-ended, like, Ron... Tell me what your favorite color is and why is that your favorite color, right? And so he would just explain this stuff to me and I typed it out. And then after a few hours, you know, I literally spun the computer around and I said, okay, Ron, I want you to read this and I want you to tell me if this is your vision. And what did you do when, when that took place, Ron? What happened then? Yeah, I, and I, I, don't, I don't think people realize the impact this actually has when you go through this process and when you actually read it back. When I, when I read it back, I don't know how many lines I got into it, Sean. I got choked up. I was emotional. Um, I mean, it was because it was, it was buried down in there so deep that when, it, when I actually read through it, it completely communicated with, with me because it was, it was me. It was my words, right? And it was uh, it was really cool experience because I'm like, well, yes, this is exactly what I should be doing because – uh, it, it, it came from, it came from insights, that whole know thyself piece of this puzzle, right, Sean? And it was, it was kind of at that moment where the know thyself was in my face and, and I, I was actually reading it, but it was kind of written as if I was saying it. That's how you wrote it. 
Um, and so when I was saying it, it as if it, it, it's as if I was speaking it, it was really, really cool. Uh, it was a very cool experience. Um, and that emotional piece of it is really important, right? Because that's, that's the piece that puts you into the implementation piece and makes it happen. It's getting yeah. connected with connecting with, to your motivation and your why. And yeah. 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 Um, and, um, it sounds man, so I, corny, you know, you're I like, know. Oh, you just need to know your why. It's like, I'm I really know. Good. I should have said it in that voice. It <laughs> <laughs> was really good, Sean. It was really good. I know. I like it. You need like a, yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't just the why though. It was everything wrapped around a specific, you know, several specific whys. Yeah. Um, and so you do, you do have to know your why, but you, you got to know how too. Um, and I, you know, that's the other piece of this that if we've got a little bit more time, I'd like to chat about because this is the other really eye-opening piece for me is like, okay, yeah, the Imagineering thing is cool, right? Once you come out of the Imagineering department, it, then life smacks you right square in the forehead and goes, whatever, dude, you're not doing that, right? Yes. Angela, your house in Malibu is never happening. None, shut up. That's what, that's what hits you in the face. So <laughs> yeah, how, you're right. How do you get around the engineering department? See, I don't like going through it. How do you get around the engineering department, <laughs> implementation piece, and make this happen? And I, I have some experience with this, and I, 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 I'm in the middle. I'm in the process of doing that right now um, on something else that you, you probably don't even know about. But, um, but I've done this several different times. And I think creativity is the key. You talk about your story, Sean, um, about your house, like how all of that stuff came to be and, and, and your other house uh, that, uh, that you did. I mean, this, this story is really, really cool because it's crazy creative, right? Same thing with me. I think people, once they get out of the Imagineering and they get slapped upside the head by the engineering department, they just don't ever get to the third department. It never happens, and it's really unfortunate. How do you how do you jump over? Now you're probably going to tell me to go through the engineering department. I like to leap over them or go around them, but you know. Well, you like that because the engineering department often tells you what your limitations are, and you don't like that. I don't have any. See, so I go around them. Yeah, yeah. but in reality, there are in, there there are some appropriate times for an engineer to say, "Hey, man." Uh, it, Ron, it's great that you want to build your house with a six foot uh, wall, but if you want to do that, you got to thicken the wall a little bit. Otherwise it's going to blow down the first storm. You know? <laughs> and you go, just build me the wall. I just want the wall to be six stories high. You know, that's all I want. And, and we only got this much room. And they go, well, look, dude, you know, do you want a wall to last or not? So you got to have the engineer there. Yeah. Let me back up just for a second. Then I'll, then I'll address that. When I turned the computer around to Ron, and I showed him what I had typed out. He's, his eyes filled with water. He started getting emotional. He started choking up. And he, he says, like in a choked up voice, this is exactly what I want. And I go, another I great voice. <laughs> you, you just said that's what you wanted. You just explained that to me for the uh, last couple of hours. Here's the difference. He had never seen his desires in writing before. And so when they were in right, and also I, I happen to be pretty good at this point of, of putting them in the right categories and making it look good to where he gets it right off the bat. But I want to tell you very quickly how to do this. We just did this with one thing um, uh, in either this episode or last one. We uh, did the house thing. The house, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was no. in this one. Yeah. yeah. Those are confusing me now. Okay. So we did it in this episode. And uh, 
And, uh, and so we did that with the house, but you need to do this with every area of your life. So when I say, you know, give me the ultimate dream house, we'll do the same process, but give me the ultimate dream relationship with your spouse. Give me the ultimate, uh, the way that you spend time with your kids. If you have kids, some people go, well, I can't have kids. I'm never going to have kids. Do you want kids? Well, yeah, but you don't understand. I can't have kids. That's a filter. <laughs> Thank you. There's plenty of ways to have kids without physically having kids. You can adopt. You can be, I, I had one guy say, you can buy them. You can, buy, sure. you can buy them. <laughs> eBay, right? eBay. <laughs> I, I had one guy say to me in an event, he goes, well, you don't understand, man. I can't, I physically can't have kids. Neither can I. We're never going to have kids and, and we're not going to adopt. We, we just can't do that. I said, why can't you? And he said, well, we just, there's just, he gave me all these reasons he could. Some of them were legitimate. I said, okay, is there anything else you could do to, I said, what, why do you want kids? And he goes, well, I just, I like seeing kids light up when you show them new stuff. I like experiencing things through a kid's eyes. And I said, okay, then you don't have to have kids. You don't have to adopt kids to have that. Is there another way you could experience that with kids without having to adopt or without having to have kids? And he, he couldn't think of it at first, but finally he goes, yeah. He goes, you know why I want this so bad? I was part of a big brother program when I was a kid and I had older people than me take me in another wing and change my whole life. And I said, is that something uh -huh. that we could implement? He goes, yeah. And I said, how often does that happen? He goes, I would only have to do that like once every week or once every other week. I could hang out with the kid for an hour or two. And I said, okay, so what you really want is you might want to make an impact in a kid's life similar to how someone made an impact in your life. Is that what I'm hearing? And he goes, yes. And again, he starts tearing up again. And I said, okay, is that possible for you to do anytime soon? And he goes, I could start the Big Brother program next week. And I was like, wow. Now keep in mind, if you're adding in something you're going to do for an hour or two every week, remember how we said this before, something has to get taken away. So we do have to get to that eventually. But for right now, like all of a sudden, this dream of his that he's had since he was a kid and had this as well, that he said is never going to happen he starts living this part of his vision in a week because he changed how he's going to get there. And he changed how he's going to get there because he started by being an Imagineer. Right. Yep. And so, so the how is important, but the, the vision is the most important thing first because the how can be done a thousand different ways and the how may show up differently than how you thought, but it's not going to show up differently if you keep listening to that filter. Yep. That's cool. All right. Love it. So we go, go, let's go back to the house analogy. I can dream up this house all day long. Um, I have no clue how to build it. A matter of fact, I don't know how to, uh, I don't have an engineering degree. I don't have a, an architectural degree. I have no idea how to put the drawings together. So what I did when I dreamed up the house, when I wanted to go build it, now there's a bunch of things that had to be involved in building the home, but one of the pieces was I didn't design it myself. I went to an architect and I said, here's all of my ideas. Here's all of the visions that I have. I want the living room to be like this. I want it to be open with the kitchen and open with the dining room. And I want, I don't want to see the stairs. I want them to be somewhere hidden, but I would like to see the upstairs. And I, I expressed all of this stuff to the architect and the architect said, great, I got some ideas. And he put together this whole drawing and it was like 90% there already on his first try. And he's not a creative guy at all. But he was able to take my ideas, and then I asked him for his professional input on it. He came up with the first drawing, got 90% there, and then I went back and looked at it, and I did the same thing Ron did. I was like, I started crying. This is the exact house I've always wanted. So 
And he so this is what you guys can look forward to. Is your, <laughs> You're going to be crying a lot. You have your, your weird voice. And the weird voice. Uh, and it's so funny because the, the architect looked at me uh, and he goes, I just did what you said to do. Like, this is everything. There's nothing wrong? No, <laughs> yeah. it's, just no it's just beautiful. No, I just love it. <laughs> And, uh, but, you know, he did his job, I did my job, and then, of course, then I had to have a general contractor that actually could realize it. Ideas. Yeah, and then put the architect's design, and then the general contractor is the one who actually made it all happen. But what the general contractor did is he took my ideas, took the design, and he implemented it like crazy. He's the one who managed all the teams. He's the one who hired the contractors for the drywall and the different ones for the roofing and, you know, setting the foundation. He knew all that stuff. So I didn't have to be that guy. I got to be the area that I am gifted in the most. I wasn't trying to be all three. And this is, this is the problem. Some of you try to be all three in your business all the time, and you're missing out on so much opportunity for other people who are skilled in that area to be able to help you get to the next level. Yeah, especially when you're starting out, you think you have to, I mean, you do a little bit, but man, the sooner you can get people in there that that's their, their thing, you know, the better off you are, right? <laughs> See, interesting that you say that, Angela, so I just heard a filter. Ah. You just told me. I know, I'm like, but you have to, right? You have to in the beginning. Let me ask you a question. Do you think, uh, now this is big, big. I heard it as I said it, Sean, so obviously this is getting to me. <laughs> Now, this is, uh, this is big business, so it may not apply to everybody on this call, but do you think uh, Richard Branson, who has 100-something businesses, do you think he acts as all three of those things in all of his businesses ever? No, and I read his biography. I don't think he ever did, even when he started, because he had people do it with him. Yeah. yeah. He was the visionary, and that's it, and then he had other people alongside. Now, you might have a filter that shows up that goes, well, that's great for you to say, I can't afford- That's great for him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have his money. I can't afford to hire the architect. Again, you're becoming the engineer before you've become the visionary first. You've got to be the imagineer for a little while first. Get real cool. filter, man. Okay. This is so important. And, and let, me, let me tell everybody really quick what happened when I, when I finally realized, when I had my vision done, right, and, I, and I'm looking at it, and I'm not my business vision that I cried about, the other one, my personal vision, right? <laughs> uh, when I had my vision done, and my wife did hers too. We both did, were at the same event. Um, ours were very similar. And what we realized, Sean, was this vision, because what we, what we wanted didn't cost very much money. All that I needed to do really to make it happen was shift some things around in my business life and in my personal life. And we could live this vision right freaking now. Like, we're, we're, as business owners, we're, we're beating ourselves to death, working so hard so that we can go live this vision that we don't even know what it is. We think we need tens of millions of dollars more to be able to make it happen. And then reality, when it actually hit me in the face, when I left the engineering department, this, the board that hit me in the face was, you fool. You could do this now. Why are you not living your vision now? And I talked to so many different entrepreneurs out there, business owners out there who are kind of in the same place. They just don't realize how close they are to being able to live the vision. If they just get creative about, um, about the implementation piece of it, right? Yep. They get out of the, the, the imagineering department and they go, 
how can I live at least pieces of this now or most of it or all of it now? How can I do it now? And I think your experience has been the same, hasn't it? I mean, you can at least live pieces of it right now. Sure. Sure. Angela, you might be able to go rent a home in Malibu and take your family there for the weekend. You might not be able to live in it every day right now, but you know, you might. No, I could test it out. Yeah. I mean, here, that's something else too. You think that's part of your vision, but you might get there and realize that that's not it. That happens all the time. Oh my gosh. So Sean, I got it. I, I got a text from Caleb, you know, Caleb. Yep. I got a text from Caleb because I, I kicked around this idea. Uh, the other day, my wife and I love the beach, so we moved out to South Carolina. We, we love it here in Charleston. It's a fantastic place. We didn't think we wanted to be at the beach because it's a little bit crowded and everything like that. The more we're here, the more we experience the beach, the more I want my house on the beach, and I want to be able to see that gosh dang water. I want to hear it from my porch, right? Yeah. So my vision has changed a little bit. And the other day I was talking to Bobby Joe, and I said – why can't we go? Why can't we go to the beach now? Is there a reason why we can't do that? Well, yeah, there's millions of dollars of reasons why we can't do that because the house I want, like Angela's, is is more money. So what I learned from your event was I need to ask better questions. Yes. How can I do this? It's funny. I just got a text from from Caleb, and he's it was. Uh, well, I was on an appointment earlier today. He goes, so I have an idea. I've got a guy out at Sullivan's wanting to sell and you might could just test drive living out there for a bit. Hmm. Right there. Crazy. And all I did, all I had done was I just threw my vision out there and said, I'm doing this sooner rather than later. And I just put it out there and, and tried to figure it out. And I may be able to make that happen way sooner than what I thought all because created the vision and now I have my brain is functioning it's trying to figure out how is it that I do this right how do I get there and how do I shorten the gap in getting there um and that literally just happened today wow to your, to your point Sean good timing I yeah have story after story after story if we had all day I could share you wouldn't believe the stories I have of people who they're the things that they wrote down came to fruition and they came to fruition differently than they ever thought would happen, but they wrote them down first. And I mean, here, I won't go into the whole story right now, but to give you an idea, I had a vision when I first started going through this process, I said, I want to pay off all my debt. I want to be debt free. And in order for me to do that, I had to sell my big house that I had just renovated. At least that was one of the ways I saw. Selling the big house that I just renovated, get rid of some expenses, use the equity I had in that to pay down debt. I was thinking, oh, how can I do this? How can I get debt free as fast as I can? And then in this process, I thought, man, while I'm doing all this, it would be nice to live in a house for free until I'm debt free. And I, I, I had that thought and I go, that's never gonna happen. There's no, who's gonna give you their house for free? And that's never gonna happen. Well, guess what? This is a, very, a long story I'm gonna condense real quick. When I wrote that down, <clears throat> within two weeks of me writing that down, an opportunity came up. I got to live in a house for a dollar a month for the next 20 months. I used every single dollar that I was spending on my house payment from before, including my equity to pay down debt during that time, and I used that to become debt-free. It was crazy. If you would have asked me, how can you find a free house? Like, I can't write a home study course here on how I found the free house. 
Come on, Sean. We want your secrets. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That opportunity became available to me because I was looking for it now because I wrote it down. And that's that's the secret, right, Sean? I mean, that's what you're trying to say is that the the secret isn't that some magic. It's how it happened, right? It's that there's opportunities literally scattered all over the place. And you are never going to see it unless you're tuned into it. The only way to tune it in is to do what you're saying. That sounds ridiculous, but it's 100% true. Last thing I'll say, Ooh. and then I, I know we're over time here. Yeah, last thing, and then I want you to do a quick recap of the four steps, and then we'll, we'll be good. Okay. So go ahead. When you start to get this out of your head and get it in writing, crazy stuff happens. And I, and I relate this to when I finally did get debt-free years ago, I said one of my rewards for myself is I'm going to – I was never a, a go buy a brand new car kind of guy because I couldn't stand depreciation on a new car. But I wanted to go buy a Jeep. My son and I were like, man, we've always wanted to buy a Jeep. And when you buy used Jeeps, most of them are trashed because people four-wheel them and all this stuff. So we, we said, okay, I'm going to buy my first brand new car. And this time, instead of going into debt for it, I'm going to go stroke a check for it, right? And so we did that. We, we went to the dealership. And I was thinking about, I get to custom order anything I want. So I was like, man, I'm going to get, like, I've got this vision of what I want. I want the white one with the white top and the white fenders and, like, every, and it'll be like a, like a, like a, wintertime edition kind of little jacket up with big old tires, you know, all this stuff. And I I want this because nobody has this. Like nobody has the white on the white and the white everything. And so I get there, you know, I I stroke a check for this, which was a great feeling also to get something I always wanted and not have debt to do it, which also. But then as I, as it shows up, I'm literally pulling out of the dealership and I'm thinking, man, this is cool. I got everything I wanted, a customer and everything I want. Nobody has this. And I pull out of the dealership and I, sure enough, I see right by, here comes a white Jeep with a white top, white fenders, everything. Like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> so I'm driving home. I don't even get 10 minutes down the road. And what do I see? Another white Jeep with a white top, with white fenders, jacked up, big tires, exactly like what I just did. And I'm kind of irritated now. I'm like, there's nothing unique about this. I've already seen two. On the way home, I saw three more. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Now, over the course of the next six months, I realized they're everywhere. There's white Jeeps. So everybody gets a white Jeep with a white top. They're, they're every, I, before I wanted this, I never saw one in my whole life. Now, all of a sudden, I write <laughs> so funny. it's the same thing with opportunity. I, they weren't there before because I wasn't open to them. Listen, if when you start writing stuff down, you start paying attention to things that you never paid attention to. Right now, there is blood flowing through your eyebrow that you don't pay attention to, but it's there. And if you focused on it, you would think about your eyebrow for you start to feel your eyebrow and you go, this is weird. Oh, I can, man. It's there. You just don't pay attention to it. You know, I can find, it's no different than, Ron, you brought up asking questions. Ask yourself a crappy question. You're going to get a crappy answer every single time. If I ask you the question, Ron, what's wrong with the world today? <laughs> you're focusing on some really negative crap. Yeah, if that's I, a whole other podcast, Sean. If I said yeah. to you, what uh, could you be really excited for right now if you wanted to, that gets your brain thinking of something else. Now, if you write it down, it takes it to the next level. If you turn it into a plan, it takes it to the next level. If you have some help, it takes it to another level. So all these things are important together, but it starts – with getting it out of your head and getting it in writing. Does that make sense? Awesome. So, Love it. So real quick, Sean, yeah, can you can you recap like the four and give us like an action step for each one? Yeah. 
So first one is dream, dare to dream, dream with no filters, burn it down if you have to, dream with zero filter, forget about your existing wife, forget about who she is, forget about your existing business, whatever, dream with no filters. And you can do this in many categories. You can say, what do I want my, um, my uh, hobbies to be? What do I want my kids' lives to look like? How do I want my relationship to be with my kids? What about with my spouse? Um, if I was to be able to do any role in business whatsoever, what role would I do? If I was to be able to be in any business in the world, what business would I be in? You know, do all these things. Just ask yourself thousands of questions like this. If I could do anything in the world regarding this, what would that do? Like if I could go anywhere on vacation, where would I go? And write that down. Um, if my friends and I could do anything together on earth, what would I do? One of the things I did when I first started this is I said, look, if my relationship with God could look any way I wanted it to look, how would that look? I did not have a relationship with God back then. And I wrote that down and I said, if it could look anyway, how would it look? And I wrote down, well, um, God would speak to me and uh, I would know that he's real somehow. And when I wrote that down, I thought, that's a bunch of crap that has never happened and only <laughs> happens to crazy people. And since then, I, I'm gonna, this is where I lose all credibility with some of your audience. But since then, I have had God speaks to me through his word a number of different ways. And uh, I would never would have thought that to be possible before. It, it came in different forms than I thought it would come. The, the clouds never parted. The sky didn't open up. I didn't hear the Charlton Heston voice, but he did show up in other ways. And so that has even come to fruition now. Right. So cool. That's step number one. Dream, get it out of your head, get it on paper. If you need some help with somebody else, get some help with somebody else, okay? Um, step number two is know thyself. We didn't get to go into all that, but there's lots of tools you can do to get to know thyself well. Maybe we'll do another podcast just on that at some point. Yes. But these are things like getting around other people who know you, who can hold that vision up to you when you're getting ready to take a wrong turn. Yep. Um, these are things like uh, taking a, you can look up DISC, D-I-S-C test online. There's a free test. You can look up like Colby is another, take the Colby index A test. If you Google that, it's 50 bucks to take, but these That's are all Colby with a K. K-O-L-B-E, yeah. Um, but these are all things you can do to get to know yourself a little bit better, know where you fit into that vision. Step number three is identify where you are right now. Where are you? Do, you, do you, you, okay, you wrote this vision that you only want three businesses, but you have 15, okay? And then step four is bridging the gap between where you are right now and where you ultimately want to become. You got to come up with a plan at some point. And so you're going to do that or you're going to have some help from somebody else to do that. But at some point, that's got to get done to make it reality. So maybe we'll save some of this for future. Yeah, yeah, that is so awesome. I swear we could, I mean, you know, we need three days like, like your event. But <laughs> Seriously, though, this has been incredible. So good. I know people got big, big, big value out of this, man. So yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for your time because uh, all of our time is the most valuable thing that we have. You shared a large percentage of your time with us and, and you helped a lot of people. And I, I, I really we're so grateful. Thanks for being here. And is there, you know, if there's people sitting here that, you know, want to learn more about this, is there somewhere they can go to learn more or ask questions or what would you suggest? Man, uh, yes, I would start by, um, I used to be involved in a company called Life and Air. Go, there's a book called Life and Air. It's like the word millionaire, but with life. Go read that book to get started. That'll, that'll get you started down this path. You can get it on Amazon. It's like 15 bucks. And cool. uh, I'm no longer an owner in that company. Um, I sold my part of the business last year, but it's still, it's a great book with a great message. Get started there and, uh, and take me up on some of these exercises I'm encouraging you to do. Don't just turn this into something you hear and, oh, that was good information. You do nothing with it. If you do nothing with it, you wake up five years from now, you're exactly where you are five years from now is today. So if that's what you want, then don't do anything. But if you want to know what I'm talking about here, do some of this stuff, man. It's not hard to do. 
This, guys, yeah. this stuff is life changing. This is not just, it's not just some listen to thing, right? This is, this is a game changer. I'm telling you, I have seen countless people's lives changed by doing this. Right. And, uh, definitely mine, mine included. So yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. laughing because, uh, you know, I know we went over time here, so sorry for yapping too much, but you guys know, no, Joe, look, this has been great. We know. It's been awesome. I'm meeting Joe McCall for, for lunch and he was supposed to come by my office and he's been texting me for the last 15 Oh no. <laughs> I didn't Sorry, know. Man. I'm at the restaurant. Where <laughs> are you? Oh my gosh. Oh, well, thanks so much, Sean. And yeah. So anyone, if you have any feedback or questions, uh, go to uh, get real sick. Uh, sorry, get real estate success.com or check out get real. Thank Joe McCall. Yeah, yeah. Thanks Joe for ending it. Uh, thanks so, Joe. Appreciate yeah. it, buddy. Thanks everyone for being here and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Sean. See you soon. Love you guys, man. See ya. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.